You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the 750. I am your O, RJ Ochoa. He is your 75 two-time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, star of every podcast in the world, basically, these days. The one, the only, Tony Casillas, TC. What up? Well, I guess that just shows you a lot of people are desperate right now for content, so I'm kind of the swing guy. You know, I'm doing good. I'm doing good here on a Tuesday, and, uh, you know, I, I got to ask you real quick. We talked before we came on the, the air um, doing our podcast. Sounds like you had your you had the Zoom Social distancing uh, Mother's Day weekend. So I hope your mom and uh, she was uh, is, is yeah. very good for her. I uh, was. It was really awesome. Obviously, uh, keeping with the times. And uh, so uh, Belinda Ochoa had a great Mother's Day. Uh, I'm an only child, so it's like it's all on me. You know what I mean? It's not like I have a, a sibling that can do more than me or anything like that. Uh, but uh, but yeah. And so you, your wife had a great Mother's Day. You you were bragging last week. You're like, I'm gonna fire up the grill and it's gonna be awesome. Well, yeah, so I, I did. I uh, actually, my son came in town from Austin. I we hadn't seen him in a long time. Him and his, him and his, uh, his girlfriend. And I saw dog. you. I saw you guys all played golf together. Yeah, I played golf. I got a chance to play. It was kind of an early, I guess, Father's Day present to be able to play golf with your sons. And then, um, you know, we had everyone in. Uh, I say everyone, all the family, all the kids, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I uh, was really in, impressed with myself because I made some uh, lobster, uh, uh, some lobster rolls, which was I have a great recipe, by the way. Okay. Uh, and my that's what my wife wanted, and uh, you know, ultimately, I, uh, yeah, I came through and I didn't screw it up, and it was edible. The problem is about that is RJ. If you have people over, which we had another couple who used to be our neighbors. They can we celebrated her, you know, Mother's Day at, at our house. Um, is that there's a lot of pressure because if you make if you make a meal, you want to make sure it's edible, right? And so there's you know, so all of them liked it. You know, they 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 ate their ate their uh, lobster rolls and uh, actually uh, fired up the grill a second time and made more. So that's a good indication. So all was well for Mother's Day. Wow. Well, lobster rolls is um, that's a bold. That's a bold roll of the dice. So, uh, well, well done. it's the second time. So I had, I had, uh, I had this grilling book and as you get older, you'll, you know, you get into the grill and all that. And it's, it, I always tell everyone the grill is the easiest thing to do. People think, Oh, they're freaked out maybe yeah. because of the, you know, the, the propane and, and lighting up the, you know, sure. night and that. But after you get over that, man, it's easy. If I can make it, anyone can. So do I, you, I would recommend that. This one sounds like they were hot, but do you prefer your lobster roll hot or cold? Because there are people well, well, of both. Well, they're supposed to be cold, and so you have to chill the marination that you put the lobster in. The, uh, I would say the you know the the ingredients that the the whip, if you if you will, uh, that's supposed to be chilled for an hour. Mine was thirty minutes. You take the lobster off the grill, cut it up, put it in there, and mix it up. But uh, I think you do it either way. But yeah, preferably cold. 
Okay, sure. wow. Because yeah. I'm a hot yeah. guy. I um. Wow. I'm I'm a little shocked. I'm not gonna lie. So, okay. but it's all the marination and, and the ingredients. And if you if you get that right, you know most things taste pretty good. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. I I was proud of myself, and it was a as I said, it was a good Mother's Day. Well, good for you. Good for your wife, and uh, good for everybody eating well. And also with my mom, I got a chance to zoom with her face FaceTime her. My wife, or awesome. me, my mom lives in Oklahoma, so I got a chance to to see her so that's the greatness of social uh you know if you're social distancing but just facetime and electronic media so you get a chance to actually see see your mother it is uh it is crazy how connected we all are the other day i was doing something um with our light fixtures and i my dad's an electrical engineer and so i had a question and i just like facetimed him real quick and it's <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of crazy that i i can do that but that's uh, so funny you and i got something in common my my dad was obviously not an electrical engineer but my son is so Wow, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. So yeah, he he kind of makes me look uh, stupid at times, but it's good to have a, a smart engineer in the family. <laughs> well, right on. Um, so Tony, Monday was a pissed off day for a lot of people, um, and it's worth visiting briefly here um, to to set the stage. I mean, I mean, we could set the stage a number of ways, but obviously, Dak Prescott needs a new deal. On Friday, last Friday, the week, uh, the day, two days before Mother's Day, uh, Stephen Jones went on the PFT PM podcast with Mike Florio and talked about a variety of things. He talked about um, why he wasn't on the yacht um, and you know a bunch of stuff. And um, <laughs> but but he he had a he had a quote that was why wasn't we on the yacht? <laughs> he he said um, his his reason was actually social distancing um, because his kids have been doing a lot of things. Stevens have according to him, and um, obviously Jerry and, and and Miss Jean Jones were on the yacht, and so um, he didn't you know he didn't want to go and and just you know whatever. So they thought it was <laughs> was smart, and uh, so you know they just let it be what it was. But uh, but so that was that was cool, and he talked about the schedule and stuff. But he he had a quote that um really 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 kind of uh sort of ruffled some feathers um in talking about the pending deck prescott contract he said uh, a variety of things but he said that there are analytics that support not giving a quarterback a certain percentage of the salary cap and if anyone is unaware since Steve Young's San Francisco 49ers, and this is a podcast, so you can't see it, but Tony's actually recording in front of a photo, an incredible photo of him sacking Steve Young in the 92 NFC Championship <laughs> game. Uh, since Steve Young's 49ers won the Super Bowl two years after that, uh, no quarterback has taken up over 13% of his team's salary cap. And so people have developed this idea that it is impossible. You, you cannot give a quarterback that big of a percentage of your salary cap because then you don't have enough money to pay everybody else. Um, and Stephen Jones said this, and he said that there were plenty of analytics to support this. Um, there are a few things wrong with this or questionable about this. The first is that if this is the team that believes ride or die in analytics, then why did they pay a running back $90 million last year? The second thing is this whole idea is so stupid because, you know, if – uh, if the if the worst pass interference call of all time two years ago is is not missed, maybe Drew Brees goes on to win the Super Bowl, and then this argument becomes silly. If the 2014 Green Bay Packers don't collapse in the NFC Championship game, maybe Aaron Rodgers goes on and debunks this. You know what I mean? Like th- this this stat, if you want to call it that, 
is is partly coincidence and it, i mean it's it's the randomness of football you know what i mean that that just weird crap happens and and you also look when russell wilson seahawks won, a, won the super bowl he was on his rookie contract that's why the percentage is so small pat mahomes obviously on his rookie contract i mean there's no question that that the best financial way to win is a, a quarterback on a cheap rookie contract but it still is not this taboo idea to pay a quarterback i, I don't know what do you think about what steven said I think two things. I think maybe there's this somewhat hurdle uh, to not pay, uh, whether it's Dak Prescott or any quarterback. And obviously Dak Prescott is quarterback for the Cowboys, justify paying that much money. Mm -hmm. And I think I hate to, I hate to say this because I understand that Dak Prescott should be paid, you know, what's rightly due to him and whatever the market is. But I think the mentality still is there's maybe this somewhat barrier for the organization Stephen Jones and Jerry to pay him what he wants to guarantee money um, because of just the, the fact that he hasn't really led them to what those quarterbacks you just mentioned, Patrick Mahomes, sure. and Russell Wilson. So I think maybe subconsciously there's maybe this, this barrier there. And, and I understand that because once you start talking about paying $35 million and guaranteeing five year, that's a lot of money. But on the, on the flip side of that, RJ, look, not only have they paid a lot of people money, I mean, you, 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 you know, your reference to Ezekiel Elliott paying mm-hmm. that $90 million, but look at the, the, the offensive linemen. Some of these guys, they paid a lot of money to really anchor that offensive line. And I think for them, and also when you look at the whole climate we're dealing with, the pandemic, and being able to, you know, just to not really be able to predict the future. I mean, we, we talked about this before we were preparing to start our podcast is that mm-hmm. there's, you can't plan anything. So I understand where it's coming from, from Melissa. And, and we talk about the, the you know, the, all the parameters of, of uh, logistics when it comes to financial. When we look at the metrics of calling plays, I mean, it's becoming that type of uh, society in the National Football League and sports, but uh, I think there's just just a little uh, hesitation on their part to say so, we're all in with this big contract. So two things here. One, the first part, actually, of what Steven said that, that kind of caught my attention was, you know, what he said implies that the disagreement is over what he should be paid. That isn't what we've been hearing for the last several months. What we've been hearing is that this is about the length of the contract, you know, that, that seemingly they have agreed upon, you know, an average annual value and Dak Prescott's team wants a four-year deal and the Cowboys want a five-year deal. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people sort of, um, you know, camp on the point that you just made that, you know, well, maybe maybe they're not completely sold. I saw a great point last night on Twitter um, that, that I had never really thought of this way. Um, and it was a tweet from Mr. Brown, uh, the handle at Bonky Brown 84 and says, okay, well, if they aren't sold on him for four years, because they don't want to do a deal for four years, right? Like that's the problem. Um, but they want to do a deal for five, you know, they're, they're so, and the reason they don't want to do a deal for four, because it's because they don't want to have to pay him again sooner. So exactly. th- that would imply, though, that they are sold on him. You know what I mean? That they're actually, in fact, so sold on him that they don't want him to get to free agency faster. So then they have to pay him even more money. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't blame the Cowboys, you know, because it's their job to put together the 
best and cheapest possible team that they can. That's that's fair. And it's Dak Prescott's job, just like it's any NFL player's job, to get his bag. You know what I mean? Get get what you can when you can. You've said this several times, Tony. Your your NFL career goes by so fast, and not everybody gets to play quarterback. Not everybody gets to get multi million dollar contracts. Um, and Dak Prescott should. I, I guess are are you. Are you okay with, and, and maybe it's different because you're, you know, you're, you're past your career uh, in terms of playing, but are you okay with the Cowboys kind of not strong arming, but, but th- like, you know, like I said, Monday was a really, really argument filled day. And that's because of what Steven Jones said. Like, you know, it's my belief, at least that these are comments that are made to get fans to believe that Dak is being selfish, you know, to create all this pressure on him to take a cheaper deal so he looks better to these fans. I mean, is that just the business of it all to you? I think that's the business, and that's just the, you know, all the, I would say, negotiating banner that goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will happen. We have this platform of social media, so everyone's going to take a side. Right. And I, I think that that's, and that's always naturally. That's the way it's going to be. I mean, I, I read stuff on, on Twitter about people that Dak being selfish. I mean, and, and also, you know, especially this time in our, in our countries, our financial just. Yeah, the, the, the optics chaos. of it, the optics of that's what people were worried about, free, like free agency in general. Yeah, you know, and, how does and, it look? You know, I, I get that. And it's bad. It's bad timing because of perception. And, and even more when you, you look at fans and they're thinking, you know, look, I'm, you know, I'm waiting for my stimulus check. And, right. you know, Dak Prescott. And, and look, I think you got to compartmentalize that. The bottom line is fans want the game back. They right. want all this pandemic to pass and they want to worry about it. And so they, I think people separate that. They know reality and, and, and in reality, right? Yeah. Um, so in looking at that, I think I don't really think that it's to the point where we're, you know, people are taking sides. You know, July 15th is a big date. That's, right. you know, that's whenever the franchise, when that, you know, that had elapsed, correct? So, so I'm not really concerned about that. I mean, we still have a lot of time to digest this and mm-hmm. for them to decide. And, you know, I understand the Cowboys' uh, stance and I understand the, obviously, Dak Prescott's stance. Uh, but, you know, I think something's going to get done. I've said this all along. It, it will get done. Yeah. It's just a matter of where these guys are going to come and a common place to agree on. Uh, agree to disagree. I mean, that's all through negotiations. It's part of the whole process. I agree. I think um, if you are, if you're somehow unaware, which would mean you're not reading bloggingtheboys.com, which, you know, come on, everybody has room for improvement here. To Tony's point, July 15th is the deadline for signing franchise tag uh, contracts. If a player that has been franchise tagged like Dak Prescott does not sign that tag or have a new deal, or excuse me, uh, if he doesn't have a new deal by that day, he can only play on the franchise tag. So if Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are unable to come to a new long-term contract by July 15th, he can only play on the franchise tag this season. No matter what, the Cowboys could, on July 16th, I'm being ridiculous here, say they'll offer him $100 million per year. And he that just could not happen. That's that's part of the rule. That's what happened to Le'Veon Bell with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He didn't feel like it was worth playing. That's why he sat out the entire season, etc., um, last thing on this, Tony, and then uh, we'll move on to a different subject uh, because you've been there and granted, you know, there wasn't social media. So it's not like you had, you know, people as, as in your pocket as, as these players do now with their Twitter mentions and stuff. What, what do you say to people who 
there's a lot of, you know, and, and again, you're right, the climate of our world is very unique in this particular time. But there's a lot of people who say, dude, I mean, they're offering him $35 million per year, $100 million guaranteed, that, that will set him up for life and will set him up for generations. And that that's true. Like, nobody's going to deny that that's an absurdly large amount of money. But you've been part of contract negotiations that have been for absurdly large amounts of money. I mean, like, I guess what what would you say to that? That it's all relative, you know. It it it's not it's not you know. It, it's important to get market rate. I mean, how would you how would you respond to that? Well, I respond to this as the best part of his career. He has the most leverage, mm-hmm. and, and so the you know for him, there's you know there's that you know that contract after your rookie year, and then there's that contract if you if, you're, if you get a, so, if you get a third one, yeah. If you get a third one, I mean that's that's you know that's icing on the cake. But who knows what that, you know, what lies, lies ahead. So I tell people out there is that this is the, this is the economics of professional sports, the economics of playing the position of quarterback. We've seen it throughout the National Football League. People will make comments on the Carson Wentz of the world, uh, you know, the Kirk Cousins of the world. Sure. Uh, we could go on and on about, uh, you know, Nick Foles of the world, though Nick Foles won a Super Bowl champ. But the bottom line is that this is the process that you have to go through there. It's not, you know, it's you have to be patient. And mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest thing for not only the fans, but to think about Dak Prescott thinking about all that bag of money he's going to get. And look, and again, it's like, well, you got to you got to look at it, you know, with your agent, you got to look at yourself and like, OK, what do I need? Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, what do I need that's going to make me fulfill uh my value. Right. And I think ultimately it'll happen. But I think those are the things that you have to be cognizant of that, you know, Dak Prescott is it, this is, his, this may be his only chance to really get that big time contract. And I hope, I hope Dak Prescott plays for 15 years. Mm-hmm. If he plays for 15 years, that means that's going to be bold very well for the Dallas Cowboys. Sure. So that's what I would, that's what I would say to fans especially they get all upset because, you know, Dak's being selfish or even Stephen Jones. I mean, if you read Twitter, if you're, if you're, uh, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're privy to what's gone on in, in the game of sports and it comes to negotiation, sure. then this shouldn't surprise you. No, now I, mean, I start worrying, well, you know, it's May 12th today, a little over a month until the franchise check. Two months. Elapsed. Two months. Or two months. I'm sorry. Guys, yeah. Let me get ahead. No, uh, I, I, I made the mistake last week. That's I don't even, know that's why. even more yeah. not to be concerned. Okay, <laughs> my point is, it's like, dude, even if it was a month, yeah. Now you got two months. I mean, relax. The the, the most relax. important, the most important. I don't. I think July fifteenth is a Tuesday, if I'm correct. Um, I could be wrong, but um, either way, like the 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 clock. If you wanna, if you wanna put a date on your calendar to start worrying, like July thirteenth. You know what I mean? Like that's when you can really pay attention. For now, this is just going back and forth you know what i mean this is just return serve you know that's that's the game that this is and so we've all just got to buckle down and 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 fight our way through it vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay, Tony. Um, so Tom Ryle, who you can hear uh, on the Blog and the Boys podcast, yep. on the Brews and the Boys show, um, he wrote an article on Tuesday uh, that I thought was an interesting discussion, something for you and I to return serve with each other uh, a little bit. So um, I like this question a lot. Um, we kind of did this a little bit last year uh, across the whole NFC East, but what is the best position group on the Dallas Cowboys? And and we're, we'll are we we'll kind of compartmentalize it this way. You can go um, – well, I'll even say – you. I'll give you the whole backfield. If you want to go I'll, – I'll throw quarterback in this. You can have the whole backfield. That's one position group, quarterback, running backs, and never forget Jameis Olawale. You can have the offensive line. Um, you can have the pass catchers as a whole. So I'll even let you put Blake Jarwin in the pass catchers group with all the wide receivers. You can go defensive line. You can go linebackers. You can go secondary, which will give you both your corners and your safeties. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Cowboys have an amazing secondary, Tony. Watch out. They have a lot of depth. That's for sure right now. <laughs> um, and, or uh, I'll let you go all of special teams as a whole group if you want to do that. So, um, what what are what are the ones that jump out to you? You know, at the very the kind of top three ish. I think the offensive line for one because sure. you have two They've always been there. all yeah. like decade decade players, uh, and Zach Martin and Tyrone Smith, and just across the board, Lael Collins. And so I think as far as consistency, I think you got to go with the offensive line. Uh, second, um, you know, for me, it's a tie between running backs and wide receivers. So and, and that's because I'm like I said I'm giving you the quarterback in the backfield. So you can have Dak and Zeke together. Is well, that- Tony Pollard, I I think that that's a good combination when I look at what they can do is is mm. the running back position. I'm even in a group, and if you look at the depth of that, I think that that's going to be play you know very uh, both very well for the Cowboys' offense this upcoming year because I think you got one of the most dynamic running backs in the National Football League, and then you add Pollard. Pollard I mean, that's a in what we've seen as rookie season. I like that. Now, maybe I jumped ahead of myself. I, the wide receiver position, I have not, you know, CeeDee Lamb has not played it down in the National Football League. So I'm probably just going to kind of put him on the shelf right now. Oh. Potentially, potentially now, if we look at it, that's got to be, you know, to me, the second best uh, group on the Cowboys, uh, excuse me, uh, on, their, on their team. And so- then thirdly, if I was going to, you know, I had the running backs position would be third. I mean, that's the way I look at it now. Okay, so I, I'm I kind of view the offensive line and receiver group similarly. I mean, obviously, I think they're both awesome, but um, so at, you're right. At offensive line, you got Tyron and Zach kind of on their own pedestal, right? And then you know, right like one notch below them is Lyle Collins, and then there's a sizable gap. And then there's Connor Williams and we'll call it Joe Looney for now. And so who, let's say Joe Looney's the weakest offensive lineman for the Cowboys, right? Um, and and because you have five starters, right? Well, who's of the starting receivers for the Dallas Cowboys, if they're in 11 personnel, 
who's the weakest wide receiver? CD Lamb. Mm. CD. I mean, he's you know, CD for for right now, CD Lamb is weaker than Amari or Michael Gallup, right? Yeah, so, I mean, just the, the given the fact that he has not played right. in the National Football League. So, so for me, it becomes a measurement of looking at the the weakest um, the weakest link. Did you ever watch that show? By the way, the weakest link. No. That, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I I've, I've referenced it so many times. You yeah, know, I. I don't. I, I say it all. I've been the time. watching Naked and Afraid extra large quite a bit. That's really intriguing. Oh, That's, yeah. My dad loves that show. Oh my god, it's 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 insane. So, but and and and, 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 and I hate to get off topic, but that's what. But just what, just the, uh, the the prize money is nothing compared to what the hell they're enduring. But anyways, back to the regular schedule program. Oh, so I I just to stay here for one second. I, <laughs> I'm a big Survivor fan, but my dad always likes to ask people. Um, I've never really watched Nick and their favorite, but you get to take one item right out there with you. Is that the rule? Yeah, whatever it is, it's not enough. But what would you take? God, shotgun. <laughs> See, his, his no, I don't think you could take any of uh, anything that's a weapon. I guess, right? Uh, I think you could so take like maybe a knife. Jetty. I guess. I mean, I can't even think fathom what these people are doing because maybe a pair of underwear. Dude, because so, they can't wear they can't wear underwear, and it's just crazy. My dad always says <laughs> that he would take a um like a a package of tinfoil, like a like, and because he says that he could make shoes out of that, he could use it as a blanket. You know what I mean? Like he could use it as a tarp of sorts. Um, so that's what he always says he would take. But I don't know. I don't think he can make shoes out of it. Like they would Probably take some rope. I mean, because they they have so many things that the, and, I, and and I just can't. Some of the stuff that they endure is just crazy. I mean, the last one I watched RJ last week was they. You know, they were still desperate for food. They trapped a skunk. Now, Yo. could you imagine eating a skunk? I don't want to. But when uh, you're that hungry and that malnourished, you'll eat just about anything. Wow. Um, okay, let's, let's get let's get this shit back on track. Um, okay, let's do it. So if I'm if I'm looking at the weakest links, um, CD Lamb, and again we're looking at starters here. Although I mean I suppose you you could look at the whole like I don't even know who the fourth and fifth. But you know what? Let's just go ahead and sensationalize this and let's say that CD Lamb is gonna potentially gonna live up to what? Okay, yeah. You know, it, let's, it, let's just let's just blow it out of the. If, let's if, be let's be unrealistic right now. Well, I don't think it's even being unrealistic. Not unrealistic. Let's just pretend that he's already on, you know, he's already making it. Yeah. Let's, he's living up to his expectation. Right. And if his expect, I mean, I see like the other day um, I had his uh, his trainer on Rashad Woodfield on on the Ocho. And I asked him, I said, what would, you know, what would, if CDLM doesn't do what in 2020, you'll be kind of disappointed or you'll be kind of shocked and he said if he doesn't go for a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns and i was like dude mm. and i don't even know that that's possible and i don't think that's because of cd i think it's just it's you've got you've got so many options you know like i don't know that he's going to see enough volume to hit a thousand yard unless i mean he's the the yak god i mean you know what i mean like that's his thing um but i i don't know that he'll there'll be enough targets there although i mean it that that I, I think it was I'm I'm gonna get this wrong, but I think it was the '74 Cardinals that were the last team. It was some Cardinals team that was the last team. No, it was it was early 2000s. It was when uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden were there um, that they all went over a thousand yards, and so I think that's a goal for the Cowboys. Um, but I don't know that again. Some of that is like you've got to you know the games have to go a certain way that you've got to be needing to throw. You know what I mean? Like if if you get up big, you're not going to be throwing as much. But anyway, to your point, um, let's say CD is amazing. I think the receipt the and I'll, like I said, I think the pass catching group in general. Because if you're talking about 
the starters, your your starters and 11 personnel watch. I think we're going to see the Cowboys in way more of this year. You've got Amari, Gallup, CD, and Blake Jarwin. Those are your four pass-catching options. I think that, that is, if, if that's the case, then Blake Jarwin is the weakest link. And I still think that Blake Jarwin is a stronger link than even Joe Looney, with no disrespect intended to Mighty Joe. Well, and, and look, I, when you look at that uh, the offensive line, uh, we, we've talked about this on our, our podcast you know, several times and Travis Frederick retired. I mean, how do you replace a dude like that? That's, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be the question, you know, going into the season. It already is. How do you replace someone like that? And, and look, that's a, that's a difficult place to, I mean, that's, that guy's been a mainstay. Uh, I, I guess, it, it, uh, you know, you look at what, you know, how well he's played uh, except one exception the year that he, you know, that he was, uh, right. that it was done with that autoimmune disease. But other than that, I mean, that's difficult, but look, I, I think when you look at the expectation, you look at the depth, you look at Michael Gallup, you look at obviously Amari Cooper, uh, you, and you look at CeeDee Lamb and Blake Jarron. I mean, that's, that's pretty, it's pretty viable weapon. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a good start there. So, yeah, I think that that's definitely going to be best? a strong feature. Would you put it ahead of the offense? Because I think I'm prepared to. I'm kind of reluctant to, but just because of CeeDee Lamb, I think puts him over that. Yeah. Puts him ahead of him mm-hmm. because of Travis Frederick's loss this year in the yeah. retirement. The, the loss maybe, pretty- maybe one and one A. That's a great but way to put it. They're still pretty close. No, I agree. Um, you mentioned – so we agree that the the wide receiver pass catching group just kind of beats out the O-line by mm-hmm. a hair. Um, yeah. That's one and two, I think, and arguably um, – I think if, if we had had this conversation last year, and I remember in kind of talking about this, I made the case last year that at the time you could have put linebacker ahead of offensive line because we were so confident in Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith and, oh, you're going to have Sean Lee as depth, you know what I mean? And um, that really kind of fell apart. Um, you obviously mentioned running back a little bit, but we saw some comments about the defensive line. And I'm curious if you agree that that is worthy of third. And I think the whole defensive line, um, obviously you've got Demarcus Lawrence. Now you've added Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe, Neville Gallimore, if you want to include him. A lot of people really high on Bradley and I. Um, if you have Randy Gregory and or Alden Smith, that certainly changes the conversation a lot. Um, and I think if you have them, that is still an if. That That's a, a an argument. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I think there's a case. I think I might be prepared to say that's the third best unit on the team. Yeah, I'm. I'm just qualify, qualif- just uh, categorize this as on paper our rankings because I'm with you on that. I like the the acquisitions and uh, the offseason of, of Poe and uh, Gerald McCoy, and you obviously got D Law back, and who knows about Randy Gregory uh, and uh, Neville Gallimore. Hopefully, there'll be some upside. Maybe you know again, maybe a guy that's really really plays to an expectation where it really gives them. A rotation there in the inside. I think that could be a very viable force for them. And I think when we talked about the the, the interior defensive line, especially, they really have not had consistency when it comes to rotation and really getting you know playing, getting a push up the middle. And Tyron Tyron Crawford, I don't know. I really don't know what if the Cowboys are going to you know keep him. Um, I know he just had that uh, you know surgery on his hip. I think by both hips, he's had problems with that. So I don't know if he's going to be at the defensive end. I don't think they put him inside anymore because no. that's you know a big man's position. So they'll put him out on the edges, but still, 
I, I don't know what with this contract or they, I mean, they're paying him a lot of money and the unknown he's been injury. I mean, this is a guy they're going to release, you know, prior to the deadline. Uh, but yeah, I think the defensive line on paper with what they have and guys vet, proven veterans. Yeah. I think that's a very talented and, and deep group. I think, to to put it a different way, the best version of the defensive line, if, if you got the best version of every guy, it's it's formidable, certainly. Um, but so that's I think that's a good third. So uh, receivers in general, offensive line, defensive line, uh, what would be last? Is it the secondary? Well, I know the secondary. They, I was looking at the how many defensive backs they have. I mean, they certainly have a lot of DBs and a lot of guys they drafted and Really, some guys that they may you know change and put different you know different places. Um, but see, like yeah, I all, think, yeah, all that question makes makes it the loosest for me. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter regardless if they have twelve, they have twenty defensive backs there. If you have, you don't have guys that can play, it doesn't really matter, right? Because there's only going to be so many guys that are going to be on that roster opening week. So yeah, I think that's the biggest concern. Uh, I like Ha Ha Dixon, Dixon Click and Click. <laughs> Ha <laughs> Clinton yeah. Dix. Clinton yeah. Dix, man. That's, that's a lot of names, man. Yeah. Um, let's just call him Ha Ha for short. Um, but I, I think that uh, that the acquisition and, and, and bringing him uh, in the fold is, I mean, he's got a lot of experience. But, yeah, I think that the defensive back certainly has got to be probably the most, I would say, concern sure. for his team right now going into the season. Um, okay, Tony, last thing before we get out of here for the day. This is very, very, very important. So on uh, Monday evening, the team account for the Buffalo Bills tweeted out uh, there was the new Jordan meme that came out of Sunday's episodes of The Last Dance where he's like looking back, um, laughing at the, you know, the tablet he's looking at. And so a lot of people were making a lot of jokes with this. And so the Buffalo Bills Twitter account tweeted that photo and said, when someone orders their wings with ranch. So like, like that the idea of eating wings with ranch is preposterous. Yeah. Um, so my question to you is when you eat wings, uh, are you a ranch or a blue cheese guy? Cause the bills right. are apparently blue cheese people. Well, I guess they're going to be laughing at me and you know what, if they want to laugh at me and I'm alongside the MJ, the greatest basketball player ever, I'm good with that. Well, but I'm and- a ranch guy. I'm a ranch guy. I like blue cheese, but man, I, I mean, damn! I put ranch on just about everything, dude. See, I don't like blue cheese, and I, I think they were talking about their four years they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you've already beaten the Maybe Bills. Fried ranch, you know, on their, their wings. Maybe that would change their, you know, their whole. Uh, I you know, think snide of not not getting back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, ranch is clearly for Super Bowl winners, whereas blue cheese is for <laughs> Super Bowl losers. Although it's been twenty five years ago, that's been a long time, regardless. Uh, <laughs> At least we won when we got there. But I just, I, I don't know. Blue cheese is just gross. I mean, but surprisingly, so I tweeted about this myself, and I got a lot of responses from people saying, you shouldn't be putting anything on your wings. Like, if the wings are good, then you don't need to put anything on them. I disagree with that. I agree that. with that. What? No, I, I want ranch. I don't care how good the wings are. Ranch makes them better. But, but there's, there's lemon pepper and the Parmesan cheese. Sure. Uh, it just depends on what type of wing it is. I mean, I agree with that. Do you it's like pre- a steak, dude. I mean, no. Oh, people, I mean, yeah. I mean, no one even said. I mean, it's like okay, well, Patrick Mahomes puts the what ketchup on a steak. I mean, right. I guess if you're Patrick Mahomes, but dude, I mean, you don't need anything on a steak. I mean, I shouldn't even compare chicken wings to a steak. I apologize for putting that <laughs> out you, there. But are you? Um... My point is, look, you can cheat for ranch just about on anything. 
but Parmesan cheese, yeah, I think I, I can see not not putting ranch on that. Are you a uh, a drumstick or flats guy? Drumstick. I I, I used to I, I used to like the wings. Some uh, it's been a long time since I went to Hooters, but I like the breaded ones, man. Those are okay. I like the big wings that almost look like a like a like a, a turkey leg. Oh, okay. Yeah. Big old turkey. Um, big one. I just <laughs> so I actually this is the last thing I'll say on this. I um the only reason drumsticks are better, at least for me, is typically the if you're using ranch like a superior person, but the drumstick is the only one you can get in the little cup. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because it's like we need to make wider cups of ranch for wings. You know what I mean? It's gotta be wide enough that I can dip the flat in there because then what happens is you can only get a little bit and then you know it gets awkward and everything. Like just All right, one just last question. A great cup. question. You can tweak this out. Boneless or bone in? Bone in. No way. I don't, I'm not a bone. Those are just chicken tenders. That that bothers me, man. Exactly. I mean, if you're going to get a wing, chicken wings, I mean, order and look, there's some there and you're, you're right. You go to Chick-fil-A or someplace like that and just get, you know, chicken fingers. But man, dude, don't go to a place like, you know, that serves wings and get them boneless, man. Come on. Those are, I I just, nah. I mean, I. Give up your man card. Um, my last, last, last question, because because you called them chicken fingers. Do you call them chicken strips, chicken tenders, chicken fingers? Like what? What's the when you just say them out loud? Like what's the first thing you say? I think all, mine three, is those, all the three that you you named. It's chicken fingers or chicken nuggets. Usually chicken fingers because, and that's another thing. I mean, because the I, I guess the strips are longer than the chicken fingers, right? Well, that, see, like when I think of chicken fingers, I think long and thin. When I think yeah. of strips, should that be chicken strips? Well, when I think of strips, I think not as long, but thicker. You know what I mean? Like like fatter. Um, you but know, if you're gonna order those, there's nothing like Canes, man, and the Canes oh, sauce. Dear. Oh my god, you gotta get a plug for Canes, man. That um, is the bomb right there. It's all about the sauce. So. Now this is my actual last thing. I'm hungry right now. You brought that up. Dude, I've been um, eating too much. That's all we're talking. This is a food show right now. Food if, podcast. I love it. You need to, Tony. So I went to Texas A&M University. Find Texas Aggie right here. Um, so Canes is great. Not not trying to say that. But there is a version of Canes that is specific to College Station. It, it's only in college. I think there might be one in Allen now. Uh, but it's called Lane's. So it's the exact same idea, chicken strips and fries in a, in a styrofoam box and toast. Uh, and they have their own sauce, but it's better. You, you got to trust me. Lane's is better than Kane's. It's, it's like a, if you're an Aggie, that's like you got to believe that Lane's is better. So is there, you're in San Antonio. Is there one there? No, there's two in College Station. Like I said, I think there's one in Allen. I think they put one there. I, I could be wrong. But, um, but yeah, so if you're in College Station, go to Lane's. <laughs> Um, wow, this uh, this ended right. Uh, Tony, yeah, we went a little bit everywhere. Yeah, uh, we, but you know, that's the time of the year. Yeah, if you're not talking naked and afraid, and you know lanes and canes, I mean, what are you doing? So um, anyway, we'll be back next week. Everybody, have a good one. Stay safe. This was the seven five zero.